0: to our podcast in Mindsight, where we discuss thought-provoking ideas and intriguing concepts. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host Yasin, I'm Elias, and let's dive right into this week's episode's topic, which is, well, in contrast to the very motivated intro um, about failing, failing successfully, failure in general. (laughs) Failing productively, you mean? yeah man yeah <laughs> only we can come up with such a title no honestly not there are several <laughs> books out there that are called it <laughs> that way but yeah, yeah well man yeah failure well, what do you think um wh- where have you failed have you have you had a, a significant failure in your life where have so i far? failed in life <laughs> <laughs> that one <laughs> Yeah, okay, my whole life let me
1: yeah let me look 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 up the list actually no um
0: well <laughs> well it's you good think to keep a list <laughs> nah, to remind yourself and cry faders. in the corner every night
1: <laughs> yeah sure sure it's part of my bedtime routine you know brushing my teeth yeah showering yeah. and then crying in the corner for 15 minutes obviously crying no, no, productively because that's important
0: yeah Sure, like um, not, not salty tears because you want to keep in the salt in your body, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. You managed uh, crying productively to that extent. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but honestly, those are usually the situations in the evening in a bed when you want to sleep and then your brain, like, you, do you know that meme <laughs> where, where your what? brain says says stupid stuff to you like Ah, do you remember that time do you remember that time when you fucked this conversation up it's time to shame (laughs) (laughs) it's time to shame to feel embarrassed well to to be
1: honest actually i don't have that many moments like this and usually when i have them it's at random times during the day like i'm i'm going to the train station and suddenly i'm remembering a conversation i've had and i'm like ah that was cringe that was really mm. awkward, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have that. I, I don't really dwell on failures or, you know, awkward situations because at the end of the day, most of them really don't matter. And what's important is to learn from them, which we're going to talk about extensively in this yes, episode, man, yes. kind of how to approach <laughs> failure, how to think about it. But yeah, I just generally don't dwell on stuff that happened in the past because really there's no point if I've learned my lessons, and I've taken all the valuable things from it, then why would I continue
0: to kind of Mm -hmm. dwell on it and feel bad for it. But that's just my approach. (laughs) (laughs) But man, honestly, whenever stuff like that comes up, I I want to punch myself in the face (laughs) first. And then I also (laughs) think like you do. Yeah it's, yeah, it's
1: it's it's a moment of cringe. It's a moment you are just sitting somewhere and suddenly it's like, oh God, please mm-hmm. brain, don't remind me of this again. I'm trying to, I try, I'm yeah. trying to forget, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. But those are like more the awkward situations. Like, has have there been significant failures so far in your life that? yeah obviously you you would uh, need to want to share this vulnerable part of your life if you're okay with that but how have (laughs) you dealt with them
1: i don't have failures ilias i'm i'm success impersonated now i mean it's you know you look like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I don't know man I, I really don't think I've had any major failures to be honest because I feel like I'm I'm in a pretty good place right now and the place I'm in right now is the result of all of the things that have happened in the past and therefore whatever has happened in the past, whether it's a failure or success or whatever cannot be that cannot have been that terrible if I'm in a place where I'm kind of mm-hmm. content, you know so man. yeah, i don't think i've actually had any major failures any major things that i there's nothing in my past that i feel like i would change if i had the chance to because mm. i've learned so many valuable lessons and i've matured in many aspects because of those failures and because certain things didn't necessarily go my way so yeah i, I don't think i would change anything
0: to be honest man that, that sounds very nice if you can accept your life how it is, uh, how, how it has been so far. That's but how is it for you?
1: I feel like you're a little yeah. more, you're kind of, how, how is it called? You're kind of judging yourself more for the failures in your
0: past. I'm what, sorry I didn't get that because of the connection. I,
1: I feel like you're judging yourself a bit more when it comes to failures in your past.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man. That That seems to be like a... A bigger issue of myself that i uh, always always want to have success and yeah <laughs> i mean wh- who doesn't want to be successful but it seems like a bigger problem for me at least from from yeah i need to do more reflection about that but yeah obviously there, there were some s- s- let's call them uh, smaller failures or more insignificant failures um just as an example uh, the um, <laughs> back back in high, uh, yeah, it was high school, right? Yeah, back in high school, well, uh, little Elias, he he wanted to uh, get a girlfriend, you know. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Sadly enough, he was a little fuck fucking ugly uh, uh, creature, <laughs> golem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but honestly, um, back then, I I can see why. I wasn't that attractive to the other, um, the other species <laughs> <laughs> to the other species. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously yeah. I, I got got rejected, <laughs> which right. is yeah, no, not a nice feeling, obviously, um, especially when you're young because then the world is ending and blah blah, um, because you, you you are not that self-reflected yet. Uh, about it. Um, but uh, I guess that already brings us to our first lesson. Um, when you fail, you have to try to learn from it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You have, to, you have to find the, the, the pain points where, yeah, where the whole situation went south <laughs> from like what what were the reasons for your failure and right. then you have to come up with a like a, a second battle plan um because you can lose single battles uh, but that doesn't mean that the whole war is lost right <laughs> oh very nice <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and uh, yeah from those from those learnings you can set up a second uh, battle plan for for future battles right absolutely <laughs>
1: I think I think there also was a quote by who was it Henry Ford probably, which was something like failures gives you the oppor- nee. how was it wait failure gives you the the opportunity to start again smarter, and as you said to kind of figure out what went wrong what do I have to change and yeah man but it's I think especially when we're young it's very hard to think in that way. Because we feel like yes, every yes. little failure is you know, life-changing and we are never going to recover from that. It, we kind of messed up our yeah. whole life because of, of that one little thing <laughs> that happened. Yeah, exactly. And I think as you get older and as inevitably you're confronted with more and more difficult situations and more failures, you kind of mm. get used to it or you kind of learn to accept that it's just humanly impossible to not
0: fail in your life. I mean, you not. have to be very, very lucky not to fail. I mean, what's possible is that you don't fail um, majorly. Like, I don't know, uh, <laughs> what's a good example? Man, you 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 tend to get like the job positions that you want and blah blah, and are in general very successful, I suppose. But little failures like being rejected, you can't avoid those. They are usually out of your control <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Or, or but in still the i don't think it's, that that happens something like getting a good
1: job having a good career are necessarily let's say the most important yeah, major aspects, aspects of life and also ah, i think no, no sorry let's say i didn't
0: get the last few seconds i'm, I'm so sorry okay. man this time it's my connection <laughs> <laughs> no worries <laughs> i'm at no my worries. parents place that's and the connection yeah, here is that like that explains really shitty countryside the parents yeah. are at fault <laughs> <laughs> No man no yeah man. get yourself a better internet connection <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries man so what i said is that i don't think stuff like getting a good job or having a successful career necessarily are the things i would consider to be the most important in that even if i were to fail at those I wouldn't consider them major failures. I would rather consider a major failure sure, yeah. if I, let's say, get addicted to drugs run over and wait, yeah, something like that. In the car. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> shitty. But for me, it would be something like, you know, getting addicted to drugs and wasting the next 15 years of my life. That I would consider a failure, but yeah, also true, probably true, true, it would much. teach me a lot of valuable lessons. So it's kind of this very ambivalent thing of yeah failures are you know failures suck and it's not great and it doesn't feel good and it kind of makes you feel really shitty for a few days or weeks even but usually can learn so much from it if you Mm. kind of change your perspective a bit and therefore it's really hard for me to consider anything a failure because i just think okay It didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. What can I learn from it? What can I improve? And the next time I approach a similar thing, I may have success. And therefore, the failure I had before that kind of gets irrelevant because I'm like, okay, whatever. That was kind of necessary to get me on the trajectory to have success at the next thing. So, yeah, man, I think maybe I'm just too superficial when it comes to that, but I really don't see anything as a failure that's my point
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah man there's there's the saying um sometimes we win sometimes we learn uh, from robert kiyosaki yeah um that i mean yeah take everything as an opportunity to to try to improve further i suppose um which kind of also brings me to um a concrete action plan you can take in case of failure um that i got from uh the good old youtube channel college info geek so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I but i really liked it um because it gives you more of a handle of dealing with it um the whole, the whole situation um first of all you should ask yourself um uh, Are there any immediate actions you should take right away um, after failing? For example, if you fail in an interview, um, you only have the opportunity for asking for feedback, like in the next, uh, I don't know, in the leading week or so of the interview. (laughs) You should do that right away um, to get get, uh, feedback. If you fucked up something uh, in your relationship or uh, at your job, I mean, apologizing, uh, definitely a good step, (laughs) helping to clear up the mess, you should do that right away. Um, or I don't know, calling the police because you ran someone over in your car. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, or or even better an ambulance. (laughs) Doing first aid and stuff. Before, before you distance yourself from the problem, which is the second step, don't, don't run away in your car. Don't let the person lie uh, bleeding there. (laughs) Right. Um. Yeah, uh, how can this distancing happen? I mean, either mentally, um, in the sense of you can s- take a step outside of yourself and view at the situation from, from the outside. Um, there's a lot of um, philosophical stuff attached to that, like stoicism. We can get into that a bit more in detail later, um, how to deal with all the emotions. Or you can literally distance from yourself from the problem, like, um, yeah, t- take, a, take a week off from the relationship or so, <laughs> whatever right. the problem seems to be. Um, after you've done that, emotions have come down, you, you're you getting a bit more rational, you can try to identify the points of failure. Um, I mean, ideally, with the job interview feedback, you can like review the email you probably got or your notes. Um, and from those on you develop an improved plan of attack for the next battle to fight and yeah most important point that many people don't uh, like to take um, either because of pride or uh, fear of embarrassment um, or because they don't want to show vulnerability we talked about that last episode also why it's actually quite helpful to show vulnerability you should ask uh, and maybe even seek for seek for help uh, if you need it for studying if you flunked an exam maybe ask a good friend of yours that's very good in physics or so <laughs> to explain you some concepts um, people are usually if you ask them really inclined to help you um, yeah um, and that's that's what we usually don't do like rely on others a bit more interdependence and stuff
1: absolutely yeah i think especially the last part is what i struggle with the most just because kind of ego (laughs) is getting in the way and thoughts like oh this person's gonna think i'm stupid or i can't handle things on my own or i'm incompetent or whatever Hmm. yeah it's kind of ego getting in the way it's it's very hard sometimes to get over that especially if there are people you may not know that well yet Let's say, for example, now that I'm going to start studying, I'm going to start meeting people, I think even in the beginning, if probably there are going to be situations where I'm going to need some help from someone, it's going to be very hard for me to actually ask for for that help. And usually I prefer just (laughs) figuring things out on my own, even if that takes me 20 times longer. Just because I mean, you you learn
0: something from that as well, right? Um, Absolutely. Working on your own and stuff, Um, but uh, if that um, isn't your focus, you can also learn a lot um, by asking like others. Not even in the literal sense uh, of them teaching you (laughs) what you did wrong or so, Um, but learning um, in this. Ah man kind of social sense like how to interact effectively with others yeah. um and rely on each other and how what are the best steps to to do that i mean it, it even forms the basis of a future friendship right i mean <laughs> absolutely yeah many positive yeah, stuff to f- gain from that as well
1: yeah absolutely i feel <laughs> like in the past every time i've asked people for help with certain things what helped me more actually isn't the specific thing that i asked them to help me with is actually kind of the kind of seeing how they approached this problem or how they solved this thing yes, um, yes, yes. and that kind of helped me and that that's usually what stuck with me rather than the solution or how they got to that specific solution and as you said it's kind of the, yeah, those things that aren't directly communicated but are usually is usually what's important when asking someone for help. And it's usually what you should pay attention to, because if you pay attention to kind of the things that maybe you have to read in between the lines to get, once you've, once you've gotten those, then you can approach similar problems by yourself in the future, because you know how to approach them now. Um, But obviously you have to kind of be aware of that and, (laughs) have an open mind and also be open to kind of changing your ways if you see that it doesn't work, which is also kind of linked to your own ego getting in the way because yeah. I think many of us feel like our way is the best way and the way we do things is the you know perfect way for some reason. And as soon as we are confronted with situations where that may not be true, then it's very hard to kind of put those things aside um, and accept that other people may be more competent in some areas than you and you can learn (laughs) from them and not everything that you do is the perfect approach.
0: Definitely (laughs) self-reflection. Yeah. Which uh, little Elias back then also did. (laughs) And he came to the conclusion, man, yeah, I I should get more more sportive and... um, socially acceptable um which kind of was the first step to get into the whole product self uh, productivity and self-improvement uh, routine seeking to seeking to to yeah get a better human being <laughs> yeah a supreme human being <laughs> right um let's not no. <laughs> let's not overdo that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i get just, what you just mean joking, sure. obviously yeah um what well and what did i what what i did then again um i gave it a second try and got rejected again <laughs>
1: <laughs> but dude i actually remember um when you started to to diet and to lose weight and you were really focused on yeah. like uh sports. working out at home a bit doing sports oh, yeah. right and working on your kind of communication skills and your small talk and stuff like that that was really impressive man i think in the course <laughs> of maybe a Might year weird, yeah. you you changed dramatically not mm. even not not only physically but also in the way kind of you you talked and behaved and all of that um, so yeah man that, w- that was really yeah. impressive to see although i must say it wasn't the healthiest approach the way you approach the diet because you were like eating i think you were doing like this 18-6 diet or something like that where you would were just not eating for 18 diet. hours and then eating for well, six hours man, or something like
0: that really man i don't remember that i, I don't I even think f- remember whether i told you yeah.
1: Yeah, for some time. What you I completely
0: like, remember is um, abstaining from every kind of uh, artificial sweets and stuff. Right,
1: <laughs> right, that as well. And I remember we were walking f- um, from the school to the train sh- uh, train station. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Did you eat anything today?" You were like, "No, I only drank water for the like twelve hours, <laughs> yeah, for the last twelve <laughs> hours." And I was like, "But, uh, um, dude, are, um, are you sure that's healthy?" <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: But that that isn't actually okay, I get I get what you mean. um, And I agree to some extent, it might have been unhealthy. Yes. Um, But that is a basic habit of mine. Actually, I in the morning, I usually don't eat anything. And if I then go to school, um, which uh, will take me the whole day, then I usually also don't eat in school anything the whole day. Um, Just work out to be that way. (laughs) Oh, okay. do do you know that intermittent fasting thing i think it's basically yeah yeah i know it's basically
1: that thing but um i'm also not a big fan of that that's why i find it pretty strange back then what you were doing i was like okay man sure (laughs) you're losing weight
0: you're looking
1: better but take care of yourself man i don't want you yeah no obviously it's
0: it's, you're doing yourself no good if you get anorexic or uh, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Definitely unhealthy. I mean, it wasn't that, the case with you, That's not what you, we obviously. want to promote here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> hmm?
1: It wasn't the case with you, obviously, but yeah, yeah. just a, on a on
0: a quick side note. Man, <laughs> that was the only time in my life when I had a six-pack. <laughs> a bit, <laughs> <laughs> a bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 I'm working on it again. <laughs> we might Hopefully get there. not by starving yourself. No, 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 no. But six pack is usually just food. related to body fat percentage, right? Right, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay, All right, man. Let's <laughs> Let's get <like laughs> from
1: six packs to failure. Uh, let's see what yeah. what else we have here. Well, actually let me ask you because I don't think we or you've answered that question. Are there any major failures in your past where major you feel like you wish you would have done it differently or you you wish you could b- go back in time and change it?
0: Yes, man, um, there are. Um, I think there's only one major failure instance that comes to mind right there. I'll, everything else is, is not not as important. The um, problem is with that, I don't want to go in detail too much uh, here on, in public in, on the podcast. But it basically sure. has to do um, with uh, a relationship I had and I judging from now looking back i seriously let the other person uh, down back then and i'd really want to if if i could back i i'd uh, proceed differently <laughs> right <laughs> definitely right. um yeah yeah mm-hmm. because those tend also usually those things also tend to be usually the more significant things not when you let yourself um down i mean that's also very important i mean Okay, if you do drugs for 15 years, then you seriously get yourself down also. But when you yeah. let another person down seriously, that's that's often perceived as even worse, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I I often like to say that I don't care about myself. I don't care if I get hurt or I do whatever to myself. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of... You know, you know I like healthy. to exaggerate things and I'm kind of... Uh, It's just a a saying of mine. But what I mean by that is that, you know, I know I can handle being hurt or I know I can handle, uh, I don't know, someone betraying me or whatever. But I feel so incredibly bad whenever I'm in situations where I feel like I've done that to other people. And that's Mm -hmm. usually when I feel like I failed. Not so much when something hurts me. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I can, I can totally understand, especially with like interpersonal relationships with other people. Yeah. When I see that I've done something that has hurt the other person or, you know, has caused problems or whatever, then I'm like, okay, I, I, I kind of wish I didn't do that. Obviously, obviously, again, there are a lot of valuable lessons here and all of that, but I think in that moment you just wish you could kind of fix everything go back in the past just a few days <laughs> yeah. and approach it differently
0: yeah. yeah man but there's there's still room to apologize or try to make the best out of it now right
1: absolutely that that's again that's usually what i focus on Kind of what can I do right now to improve the whole
0: situation all of that. Yeah, because and apologizing. Is befo- before you go on, man. Because that's like another point of the whole thing, um, of failing. The past doesn't equal the future just because you failed. Once you can make up for it in the future, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and usually exactly that's what I'm trying. Or that's what I focus on. What can I do now? What can I do in the future? Kind of improve the situation to maybe lessen the hurt or whatever but Mm. sure there are there's still sometimes a part of me that just wishes certain things hadn't gone that far and certain Mm. things would have been stopped in the right time and yeah man but that's that's just part of life that's just part of the process Mm. of growing up and all of that and honestly without it life would be pretty boring without failure without (laughs) kind of being forced to grow up to mature to be more introspective to be more reflective
0: life would be incredibly boring soap operas would have no content then (laughs) i mean they have no plot anyways but (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yeah roast no um (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah so true man um how question how how are you dealing i mean whenever you whenever you fail somewhere usually there are a lot of emotions involved right yeah um how, how are you dealing with those negative emotions do you just distance yourself and give it time or do you think about it in depth right away or what's your role? Well, <laughs> i have to laugh because i strongly
1: feel like there are multiple versions of me when it comes to that and -hmm. especially in the past there has been one version that has usually kind of taken control of those situations which is the version of me that just yeah the version of me that just doesn't care that is just like Mm -hmm. yeah whatever I'm going off with my life. I have these goals. I want to accomplish them. I don't care who gets hurt in the way. I don't give a shit. Um, Obviously. Well, sounds healthy. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I was incredibly content and happy with myself. And uh, there was no reason to change anything. (laughs) Mm. No, man. No, man. I I realized. And I I think I I always knew that that wasn't the best approach. But it kind of was a coping mechanism to, you know, certain things and especially again in the last year i realized that okay i really need to change it and i really need to kind of figure my way back to the version i was before i got fucked up (laughs) and Mm -hmm. kind of be more empathetic and not try to always take the easy way out because pretending you don't care and pretending that things don't affect you is usually the easy way out because you're not forced to challenge yourself and you're not forced to kind of think about your emotions and how to deal with them. And you're also not forced to think of the consequences of your actions because you can just say, I don't care and just move on.
0: Mm, (laughs) But when it comes to to sharpening the saw, it's very essential to do that for (laughs) self-improvement, right?
1: Sure. But... Dealing with negative emotions, dealing with hurting people or getting into bad situations. Especially last year, I often found myself forcing myself into the uncomfortable feeling of, again, being vulnerable and being open about the things I feel to myself, first of all. Not so much to other people. Actually, to kind of acknowledge those feelings and emotions in myself and to be like, okay, I did this, now I feel guilty. And mm-hmm. this guilt is reasonable in that situation and it may be an indicator that what I did was wrong and I should apologize and I should think about the situation and what went wrong and, you know, what I'm responsible for in that particular situation. And yeah, I don't Man, think there's a clear... that sounds so
0: mature. Fuck. <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> but again, yeah. there's... Wow. Well, I'm very
1: much at the beginning of those things and... Mm. oftentimes honestly when I have days where I'm just not feeling it, I kind of I kind of get back into those old bad habits of just not caring and kind of shutting everything and everyone off and not wanting to see or talk to anyone uh, because I kind of feel like, everyone is just letting me down and everyone is just trying to manipulate me or whatever and you know uh, people mm. don't deserve that i talk to them well you know shit like that oh, shit, <laughs> um man. but yeah it gets better and i'm working on it and it's a process and yeah that wasn't a clear answer at all i just rambled but hope mm. there's something valuable but, there. I, but I,
0: what really resonated with me what was the idea of um, really taking emotions as like uh, an indicator of your wrong behavior, or um, that anything isn't working, some something isn't uh, working out uh, properly, and to inspect that further. Why am I feeling that way? Um, yeah. Where does it come from? What do I have to do to to solve to solve it? Yeah, that's that that's a thought that really resonated with me in your um, little speech here. <laughs> in my ramble, yeah. In your but
1: h- how is it for you how do you usually approach it let's say you're in a situation you've hurt someone you feel guilty you feel bad Did other person feels some resentment towards you whatever how do you approach
0: that <laughs> i wish i wish i was handling it the proper way but man for me usually i also tend to fall back into ignorance right um <laughs> Trying not to, trying not to, to think about it too much. It will solve itself and blah blah. Which is uh, actually quite wrong, and it's, it's not, it's not the thing um, a, a virtuous person person would do, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I am that there, there's. It's difficult to come up with some specific examples right now. Um, So that's in general everything I can say. I I also struggle with it. Um, I tend to fall back into ignorance and um yeah. Only in very close relationships. Um I really I really bring up the courage to like talk stuff over. (laughs) Yeah. Which is already a first step in the right direction I'd say um, but I really need to work on it like like the ideal that I have in mind is um, if something is really bothering me um, or if I notice that something is really wrong that I can openly talk about it and bring it up um, without any problems without any... Uh, without any any hesitation um just be just be that person that's yeah acts, acts virtues in that situation right <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely but the, the last point is particularly interesting to me because i too struggle with immediately addressing issues or concerns i have not because i've a problem talking about them or not because i have a problem necessarily confronting the person rather because i feel like most people just can't handle it and i feel Mm -hmm. like most people in my head obviously that's not true and i've discovered especially in the last 12 months that you know people can handle a lot more than i give them credit for um but Yeah, but f- for me, many times it's just this mindset of okay, people are just so sensitive nowadays, and they can't handle what I'm what I'm going to say to them. And even if I'm, even if I'm trying to say what I'm actually want to say, I have to kind of sugarcoat it. And even then, people get upset at me and whatever. And it's mm-hmm. in my head; it's just such a waste of time that I just don't say anything because I feel like this this just no no point because the person is just gonna get hurt. And I'm not going to be able to really say what I want to say because I feel like that person can't handle it. So I just stop right there. Obviously, again, that has changed a bit and I'm working on it, blah, blah, blah. But that's usually kind of the old version of my of me talking. Or mm-hmm. thinking, rather.
0: Um, the question that comes to mind for me right now is, um, are you confusing sugarcoating with... Um, with um, appropriate human interactions. <laughs> <laughs> what are like, those? I mean, you can you can definitely say what you think directly to to the other person, um, but obviously <laughs> telling them that they're a little fuck and that they should get out of here <laughs> won't solve any problems um not (laughs) that i know of any situation where you did that um, directly obviously Um, i just feel like there are certain ways to to go about to go about uh, a conflict or differences in meanings um that doesn't necessarily have to be sugarcoating um like formulating stuff in a way that the other person is still guaranteed to like you no that's not that's not the way uh, how to go about it but there are um certain um, principles of interaction like seeking first to understand the other person before you before you um introduce your own worldview and paradigm and try to force it on them Um, that as an example right now that make uh, human interaction more uh, more successful here. And my question now is: Is it is it possible that you confuse sugar with with effective human interaction? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think if you would have asked me that in eleventh grade, then yes, probably. Um, but as of right now, it's more of a. Honestly, I think it's just a major difference between how I grew up and how most of the people I know mm. in Germany especially grew up because again I, I kind of mentioned this on the podcast multiple times but I feel like it's a really really important part of the reason why I am how I am, <laughs> and, why I am and why I'm struggling with those things <laughs> because Who in you? kind of <laughs> Romanian in the kind of Romanian slash Turkish culture it's this very usually when you talk to family members and cousins, whatever, it's usually very heated, but in a positive way, very emotional, very um, very direct, you know, whatever whatever troubles you, you just say it directly and nobody has an issue with that. And, you know, there's not even, you don't even have to choose your words. You don't even have to think, okay, what are, what are the rules of decent human interaction? Because people are just kind of used to being talked to like that, Not in a disrespectful way, way obviously. Not like that, but just saying directly what you mean in the way you mean it. If you feel like cursing, you can curse and nobody gets mad at you, you know? Uh, Words are just (laughs) words there. Whereas I feel like in Germany with my German friends, it's more of a, okay, I have to kind of think of the rules in uh, how to win friends and influence people. I kind of have to choose my words a little more carefully, which again... I don't condemn as a negative thing. I think it's a very positive thing in certain situations, and especially if the situations are particularly delicate or emotional. It's a very good way to kind of not escalate things. But at the same time, there's a part of me that just wants to say what I want to say without having to worry so much about how is the person going to receive that? Is it better if I choose that or that word? How I'm going to phrase it? You know, I hope that person doesn't feel offended because I just want to help them or I just want to address this. Mm. So it doesn't lead to, you know, long term effects or whatever. And yeah, some, especially in the past right now, it's kind of you know settling a bit but especially in the past I had a big problem with that because I just felt like you know what's the point if I can't even say what I want to say in the way I want to say it and even if I quote unquote sugarcoat it so I, even if I choose my words very carefully carefully feeling like I am stepping on landmines you know um, <laughs> even then I feel like the person gets really offended and things I kind of want to how would you say i I just want to criticize them whatever Mm. where i just where i'm just trying to be authentic and open and that's something that i have to get used to to kind of find that balance but also realize that people aren't as sensitive as i think they are Mm. (laughs) oftentimes
0: true true um that kind of That kind of reminds me of our last episode with emotional intelligence, because what you would wish to do is ignore the other person's emotions (laughs) to a certain extent. And um, actually, by choosing your words wisely and thinking over it, um, you would express some kind of emotional intelligence in the sense of being aware what words could create what emotion in, in the other person, right? Um, I mean, it's what, what I see as a basic principle also is what I want to get at is, um, whenever I'm interacting with someone else, I want it to be a win-win situation. I don't just want to uh, express my, I don't know, my criticism, uh, so that the other person improves, um, no matter whether he or she feels bad. Um, I want it also to be a win situation for the other person, in the sense of uh, giving them uh, opportunity to improve, and um, by choosing maybe the wrong words, I I make them close off to my opinion that much, that uh, they basically will ignore it completely, and don't even care about what I'm saying anymore because I'm a little fucker that's uh, annoying them. I, I feel like um, choosing the right words, um, choosing the right packaging is very useful um, if you want the other person to, yeah, open up to your, to your opinion, to consider, you have to consider their emotions to a certain extent to show that emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and only by that way you you kind of um, can can follow this this abundance mentality that okay um, there actually it's not about me winning in this discussion or you winning in this discussion we can figure out a third way uh, or so that's uh, by effective uh, criticism for example by choosing the right words that will lead to an outcome that will satisfy us both because you improve and my problems are solved if you improve in that situation <laughs> sure i i don't know whether i could convey the right feeling here um for my opinion on the topic i did, i get did it did you I get, get it. it more or less
1: yeah i absolutely did i think <laughs> a little miscommunication here on my part mm. i think um I'm not at all ignoring other people's emotions when it comes to that. I'm fully aware of how certain words could affect them. But yeah. I just feel like, again, I'm coming back to that. In, let's say, Romanian culture and the way I grew up, the threshold yeah. is just way much, what is it, way much higher? way much lower? I don't know. It's just completely different from the threshold I feel like with the pressure of getting of family.
0: Uh, offended is, is exactly. higher, right? Yeah. That, that's what you when,
1: mean, When yeah. When there are highly emotional situations, when someone is very sad or very angry, um, then yes, I absolutely have to choose my words very wisely, no matter who I'm talking to, mm. in what culture or whatever. But I feel like that's kind of... Those are kind of the only two extreme examples where in my family, let's say, I really have to pay attention. Whereas in all other situations... Yeah. Just I know because I know I've known those people my whole life. I know they don't get offended and they know I don't get offended. And we can just talk freely and it's just very liberating. And as soon as I get out of that, obviously, I know (laughs) I have to adapt and I'm automatically adapting because, you know, I've been used to kind of those. I've been used to switching things as soon as I kind of leave the family context and get into the school context or the other way around mm. so i've been used to that but i also have come to analyze it more consciously and to be aware that okay as a general rule people outside of family are a lot more sensible and you have to pay way more attention to the way you speak which is good mm-hmm. again and is a very important skill to have because if you can adapt to the context and to, to the people you're speaking to, then you know that's gonna absolutely destroy your life because if you talk the same way you talk yeah, to your friends yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and you talk the same <laughs> way to your professor, that's gonna be problematic. But mm-hmm. I sometimes, especially with close friends, I just feel like there there would be established a more, open authentic communication where each where both people or all the people know that everything that is said isn't said to criticize or to win the situation or to feel superior it's just mm. a learning process of both parties and Mutual therefore one can you know yeah, yeah. communicate more authentically whatever but you get my point. Yeah, it's man, just no, a different, yeah, yeah. different perspective. I, I,
0: I also definitely agree with it. Uh, I also would like to um, mention issues more directly here here in our, our culture. Um, the thing is, you just need to form the foundation for that first. Like the, the rules of criticism or discussion you want to live by. You need to talk over with the other person um, that first that you want that direct way of communication that direct criticism like roast me if you can mentality <laughs> Roast <if you> can. <laughs> right um yeah and if then i also like in our german culture i don't see any problem with doing that uh, if both parties are fine with, with that way of going about it and i also would very much love uh, for germans to open up more about that by the way let's let's definitely um integrate that in our our friendship or our, our relationship you could say our relationship <laughs> right yeah <laughs> bromance yeah, i yeah, yeah right
1: i think we called it that for quite some time in in high school the bromance yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah man i i honestly now to be a, a bit a bit more open and vulnerable on my part i honestly have struggled with that a lot in the last few years because i feel uh-huh. like i've we've developed a very Mm, let's say I don't want to say intellectual. I want to say a very mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Let's say let's say intellectual rivalry, maybe.
1: Oh yeah, rivalry. <laughs> yeah, actually, that would also be a good word, but a very <laughs> sort of. Usually, even when we talked on the phone or we texted, it was yeah, usually yeah, yeah. very stuff focused on what we are doing uh, career-wise, yeah. uh, school-wise, yeah, yeah, what yeah, grades yeah. we're getting, uh, what new philosophical insights we've had, which is great, you know, and I really, I have really appreciated it and it led to this podcast, which is great, you know, <laughs> um, but
0: I very episodes. much felt like we've,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, man, I very much feel like we've kind of neglected the emotional aspect of things and the yes. being more yeah, authentic yeah, yeah. aspect of things and i mm-hmm. think what especially in high school kind of led to that is as you said this kind of rivalry going on um yes. this kind of competition who can learn more digits of pi who has better grades who has you know <laughs> uh who's yeah, involved in more projects or whatever uh, mm-hmm. who's watching more uh intellectually challenging youtube videos or whatever you know stuff like that and that <laughs> even is kind though of it's not even an
0: outspoken rivalry it just feels felt like it right
1: um, yeah exactly exactly
0: unspoken rules
1: okay. <laughs> Uns- <laughs> unspoken no. rivalry yeah. yeah
0: now now that you mentioned it that way i, I definitely agree and I, I feel like yes we we should we should move away a bit uh, or not even move away. I really enjoy uh, those intellectual conversations and um, on the podcast, obviously. I really enjoyed it. I feel like yeah, then we should definitely focus on implementing um man how, how would you say like more of an emotional side, right? Um, yeah figuring out problems uh, mutually and exactly. Yeah i think i think we could learn a lot of that let's 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 set that as a goal <laughs> exactly let's let's if, make if let's, let's both make yeah.
1: exactly let's both make an effort to be a bit more open a bit more yeah, yeah. human with each other maybe Ta- talking about
0: more. failures and vulnerability and exactly what, what yeah. we just uh, established in the last two episodes man i i feel like yeah no, that would be a nice nice improvement yeah we, we could really profit from that that's great, man. <laughs> <laughs> Self-help uh, lesson ended now. Exactly. Yeah, let's. We we deviated <laughs> quite a lot. I mean, which is very fine. We're a podcast, uh, obviously. What we what I usually intend, uh, what I before intended to talk about was how to deal with the emotions of failure, and um, I feel like from my learnings uh, fr- about stoicism. I feel like that's maybe the best way to go to go about negative emotions in general, right? Um, the, te- the teachings of Stoicism. We did two very um, detailed episodes about it. I can really recommend uh, you to watch them and to read the book uh, from which we took our lessons. Um, do you think it would be a cool idea to quickly introduce uh, them to uh, judgments and externals and how to deal with them, Yasin?
1: Absolutely. Let's go.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The usual perception we have um, is there's an event happening. Might it be negative and might it be positive, And we're uh, directly reacting to to that event um, in the sense of we're feeling uh, let down or we're feeling uh, like we want to party and stuff. And that's a direct connection. But that's actually what Stoicism. What Stoicism actually thinks is no. That's not the way how it goes. Between the event and the reaction we have to that event, there's always a, an inner judgment going on um, that we have to make. That's uh, a, that's happening according to our worldview, uh, according to our paradigm. Um, for example, we, um, as you did uh, earlier in the episode, for example. You could look at failure, or basically our whole episode is about that. Um, We could look at failure as uh, some seriously negative event in our life. Um, We could um, react to it by giving up and never trying again to apply for that job position. Um, But what we could also do is see it as a kind of success, as a kind of um, means that led us where we are right now um, in our life. And now Stoicism says um, we have to choose our judgments accordingly. And all of those judgments to all the events out there, they are up to us. Um, we, can, we can choose how, how to judge events going outside. And thereby we can affect our uh, reaction to those events. Um, yeah. And here, um, the major judgment that is going on when it comes to failure... Uh, i'd say is seeing failure as as an opportunity to improve um, and that's the judgment we should uh, we should choose like that failure is that failure is part of success um, yeah. that that's the first teaching we could take from stoicism right here and secondly um, stoicism talks a lot about externals externals are things that um, ...are out of our control and we are usually very attached to things like um, fame and money and the opinions of others. But what Stoicism says right now, okay, all those things, especially like the opinions of, that others have about us... ...they are to a large extent out of our control... And because they are out of our control, we shouldn't um, care about them too much. We should let go of that attachment. And success, uh, to an equal extent, is also very much um, dependent on external factors. And all those external factors, be it in a job interview like um, the opinion of the interviewer... um, Or in in a test, like the the questions the professor chose or the general attitude of the professor, they are, I mean, I'm not saying you can't do anything about those. Um, But I'm saying they are to a large extent out of your control and therefore to a large extent, you should uh, not emotionally let that affect you too much. I'm not saying that you uh, are not allowed to Think negatively about um, all the ways that your professor is probably uh, fucked up, <laughs> as <laughs> most students are doing. Um, you can definitely criticize his methods, and, and you can also take action and um, I don't know, constructively criticize the person. But I'm say but what I'm saying uh, is, you you shouldn't let that to get to you too much, to affect you negatively, um, to let your emotions. Uh, be negatively f- affected there your feelings, and that's how stoicism gives like a very good approach to ha- to handle failure, um, where you're not necessarily stuck in a depression after applying for sixteen jobs and failing at every application, but where <laughs> where you see it as an opportunity to go on and to get a positive mindset about it or a neutral mindset about it even, yeah,
1: right. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Stoicism is great. Applied stoicism is great. I
0: really recommend you to read to read books about it, and, or to watch our previous episode about it. It's it's a very powerful powerful method with, for dealing with the problems of life.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Actually, when it comes to failures, I like to kind of compare it to writing a book. I've never, I've never hmm. ri- written a book, but I've watched a lot of interviews and stuff <laughs> with famous authors. And they basically all say the same thing, which is that even in writing a book, you know, that's kind of the first draft. Uh, no, first of that is the, kind of the manuscript and the first draft. And there's a lot of editing and rewriting and even deleting entire chapters or entire characters out of the story. And only after a process that lasts maybe a year or two. Only then, after getting kind of rid of those little failures, let's say, after improving those little mm-hmm. things, does a good book come out. And even then, it's not guaranteed that's gonna be good, you know? It's just <laughs> but that's just kind of how that whole process works. And I think life is very similar. We all want to have the perfect story and the perfect people in there from the very beginning, but that's just not possible because front part yeah. you don't yet know what your book is going to be about exactly (laughs) sounds very (laughs) very cheesy in a way but uh, you don't know what your story is going to be about exactly and what people are going to play what role in it and therefore approaching it with just the mindset of okay i'm probably going to fail There are going to be some people that may not be in my life five years from now. There are going to be some unexpected people that are going to come into my life. There are going to be some career changes or, you know, uh, there's going to be broken hearts everywhere and crying in my corner at midnight or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But all of that kind of makes up your story and makes up kind of also what makes you unique, what makes your life worth living, hopefully. And... But again, that's a very optimal way of thinking about it. And it may not be possible for everyone. Some people may be in very, very um, hurtful situations, very bad situations, maybe very hard for them to kind of force themselves to think in that way. But I would suggest really just trying it with little stuff, little failures, little mistakes that happen during the day. Just stopping a second, taking a step back and thinking, okay, what can I learn from it? is it really that relevant? Um, A way I like to think about things is, if it's not gonna matter five years from now, I'm not gonna spend more than five minutes being upset. Because that's just a waste Mm. of time. And most things that happen to us, maybe you're studying, maybe you failed an exam, whatever, feel like they're kind of you've reached the dead end and from now on your life's going to go to shit because you failed that exam but honestly if you think about it most things don't really matter all that much if you just focus on improving and putting the work in to get better then mm. really five minutes you can allow yourself to cry and punch the wall if you want to um, but other than that just focus on improving and on yeah making
0: better decisions from now on Man, that's the perfect way to conclude our podcast episode (laughs) of this week, (laughs) I'd say. Very wise teachings. Um, Yeah, I guess a general summary is always nice to have. Um, So um, failure is part of success. Um, If you gave your best, you already succeeded in some kind of way. And sometimes we win, sometimes we learn. (laughs) See, exactly. see, see basically failure as an opportunity to improve. Um, there are certain actions you can take um, to, to formulate a better plan of attack in the future. And when it comes to the negative emotions that are attached to failure, um, be open to them, first of all. Um, other than that, stoicism might provide to be very helpful because all the judgments, they are up to us. Um, how how we uh, react to failure in our life that's that's up to us basically um and all other externals um that you can't influence you should let go of that attachment here yeah that's absolutely that's basically it man <laughs> i right. really enjoyed it man it's what it, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're doing a streak of good episodes, uh, at least from my perception right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it gets <laughs> better and better. Actually, yeah. I've just been right before the episode, just as a, as a quick side note. I think that's interesting. Right before the episode, I looked at the our in MindSite Notion database and mm. saw that you color coded sort of the different columns, and I added our logo in the in the background and all of that. I looked at the information database we have here. And there's a page right in the beginning. We called how I to. You didn't sound color code good. that. Yeah, you didn't color code <laughs> that. But we, it's it the page is called how to sound good, and we kind of link to a YouTube video uh, where mm. someone explains how to sound good on podcasts, how to improve your voice, and how you know how to have an interesting yeah. voice or whatever. And I remember just watching that and trying it out for myself, kind of training before podcast recordings. And just being like this is terrible i'm mm-hmm. just absolutely terrible I sound, I sound like shit. i hate my voice uh, i hate the way i speak uh, i'm constantly <laughs> making mistakes and stumbling over my words and i'm talking too fast and i'm repeating sentences all the time and mm-hmm. whatever and it's really fun to see how much we've actually improved in that almost a year now it's really it's
0: really nice to see man yeah, yeah. A little uh, uh, self-promotion self is always always nice <laughs> at the end of an episode. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But obviously, obviously, um, listeners, if you have a point of criticism, bring it up as directly as you want. I mean, <laughs> I mean, can just think it. about us a bit. I don't want to sit in the corner and cry because all of your criticism is uh, hitting home very deeply, but sure, write us an email, leave us a review, leave us a like. Uh, With that, have a nice week. See you back in the next episode. Bye-bye.